Hey everybody, welcome or welcome back to the Fuel Church Podcast. We're so excited that you're joining us today. We want to thank all of you that give generously to this ministry. It's because of your giving that this ministry is possible. To give, you can visit us at thefuelchurch.com. We hope this message inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. All right, you ready for the word today? I do have to say, I feel something in this place today, and uh, we're not sure what's going to happen at the 1130, because the 10 was amazing, first of all. And uh, would you just open your arms like this and say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. That's it. That's it. Today, I want to talk about letting go of distractions. Distractions. Somebody say distractions. You know, we live in a world that is always pulling at us with all different types of distractions. And I I begin to think of a few distractions that that maybe you can identify with that I have in my life. And the first distraction that I'm dealing with on a daily basis is the distraction when I'm driving. Yeah. How, How many get distracted when you're driving? And so I have to say a few things about that to give you context, because there there is a group of people that I constantly talk with, and they don't know we talk, but I talk to them in my car, and those are the individuals who don't know how to drive. Like, those are the... No, there's some of you in here, so don't shout. Um, And I've seen you. I see your fuel sticker. And... um, and, and so those are the individuals that the Lord really tests my patience with, and, 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 and I'm not sure if they, if they paid off their driving teacher or what happened, but y'all need to go back to driving school. Anyway, uh, but I was thinking about driving, and one of the things, it's kind of funny, um, have you ever went by a used car lot, a used car lot, and you've seen the, uh, the inflatable guy? That's my best, I, I was not in drama, y'all, obviously. Um, but that little inflatable guy distracts me every, no matter how many times I see it at a car lot, every time I'm just like, boom, right there. Uh, I can't imagine. I mean, I'm sure they're selling cars from it, but they're wrecking more cars than they're selling. Uh, distraction. Uh, somebody say distraction. Um, what about when you turn on the TV? How many are you like me? And, and, and let's say my wife had a meal planned and all of a sudden this restaurant comes out with their new sandwich. And I'm like, oh, baby, I feel the Holy Spirit leading us elsewhere. I thank God for your cooking. And that's amazing. But let's do that tomorrow night. (laughs) I mean, uh, I mean, got distraction from food. Yeah. And if you're in the 21 days, it's dangerous to watch a lot of TV. (laughs) Yeah. I was watching a little bit yesterday and I was like, yo, this is crazy. Everything is talking to me. I had pizza just talking. Ice cream. Oh, Lord, have mercy. I woke up this morning craving a donut. I said, the devil, get behind me, Satan. Just, just get behind me. Uh, maybe you can identify with some distractions at work. You, you know you got that one coworker that's always goofing off, that one coworker that's always distracting the other employees, right? If you don't know who that coworker is, it's, it's probably you. But, but probably one of the biggest distractions for me is this little farm market down the road called Wilson's. And, um, and, and the Lord has to help me because I have no self-control, y'all. Like, I'm counting down the days of the fast so I can go there because I never get out of there with spending, you know, I- I- any less than $60, right? It's, it, I go in there for one thing. 
Okay. I go in there for their fried chicken meal. It's heaven. I'm I'm just telling you right now, if you haven't experienced it, you're not fully saved yet. And so when you get that fried chicken, those mashed potatoes, those green, oh yeah, I feel the anointing. I'm sorry. I always talk about food, even during the fast, but, but there's so many things pulling at me at that place. Because there's so many baked goods and there's pies and there's cinnamon rolls and, and there's little chocolates individually wrapped and there's double chocolate peanuts in a bag for like four bucks. Okay, let's move back to spiritual things because some of you are distracted right now as I'm talking about distractions. That, that's the truth. And, and you should see from my point of view because every single week, Every single week, there is unlimited potential for me to be distracted by what goes on out here. Oh, I would love for some of you to stand up here and see and hear the distractions that your pastor goes through. Because at any given service throughout the day, there could be a baby crying over here. There could be, there's at least one phone that goes off between our four services on a Sunday. At least someone's alarmed they forgot to shut it off. Okay, there's someone over here opening a full-size bag of potato chips right here. It happened. It happened one time. I'm not making it up. There are people who bring full-size drinks and just pop the top while I'm preaching, and it's not at the movies. (laughs) I mean, there are people talk. I'm amazed at how many full-blown conversations happen while I'm preaching. I love y'all, but y'all distract me. Some of you. And then, and then there's the individuals who fall asleep. And you laugh, but it happens every Sunday. And you wonder why I get real loud sometimes and shout. That's why I'm trying to wake them up, really. I'm not sure if it's the unction or I'm just trying to wake them up, you know. But um, distractions, it's a fight to focus. Someone say it's a fight to focus. It's a fight to focus. And distraction is defined as this, a pulling apart, a separating, a drawing of the mind, watch this, in what? Different directions. A pulling apart. I need you to know that your spiritual enemy and every force in hell is trying to distract you from living for the things that matter most. Yep. Our enemy wants to pull us apart. He wants to divide our hearts. He wants to discourage our souls and disengage our faith to get us going in different directions instead of following God's path for our lives. That's the assignment of our spiritual enemy. I just firmly believe that there are core values posted in hell. We have core values on the walls here, but I believe hell is unified. And I believe that one of the core values that's posted in hell is distract the Christians. Distract them. Just distract them. Just get them off of their purpose. Divide them. Get them going in different directions. Separate them from the path of God. And here's what I firmly believe, that the devil doesn't need to destroy you if he can distract you. He don't even need to pull out his other weapons for some of y'all. Because all he has to do is dangle a little carrot over here, dangle one over here, and boom, boom, boom. Our ADD kicks in. Come on, we're all over the place, right? And, 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 and we're not staying focused 
on what God has in front of us. So the devil doesn't need to destroy you if he can distract you. Because if he can distract you, he immobilizes you and eventually you'll likely destroy yourself. I came to preach today. Um, so here's an example that some can relate. Every Saturday you make a commitment. Hey, we're going to church tomorrow. Hey family, we're going to church tomorrow. Here's what time we're leaving. But you wake up Sunday and every distraction that can happen does happen. Some of you are like, this happened today, right? Some of you are like, this is every Sunday for us. I mean, you wake up and the cat's throwing up everywhere. Distraction, distraction, the cat trying to keep you from God. I'm not, I'm not going to say anything else. I'm not going to say anything about cats because somebody got really mad that I talked about their cat. I love y'all, but I'm a dog guy. Distractions. I mean, you're getting ready and the kids are down eating their cereal and, and two of them ate their cereal, but the third one didn't because you ran out of milk. And now there's a World War II over the Fruit Loops because the brother told him just put a little water in it. <laughs> distractions, distractions. I mean, your outfit, the one you were going to wear, the one that you had to wear on this Sunday, you forgot to wash it. And so they're like, I can't go to church. Distractions, distractions. There's fights in the car. Some of you had this this morning. There's fights in the car of where we're going to sit. There's fights in the car on what mom and dad said is for lunch after church. I mean, come on. Does every family like mine fight over where we're going to eat? I mean, it's a little ridiculous sometimes. I'm like repenting in the car on the way to the restaurant because we all just fought over, I don't want that, I don't like that. I had that last night, I had that the other day. Well, just be thankful we got food, right? But we get distracted, we get distracted and there's, there, there's attitudes flying everywhere and there, there's all kinds of emotions. Um, how many of you know that distraction that comes on Sunday morning, for some of you, that wasn't God? That, like that wasn't God, it was the enemy putting distractions in your life to keep you from the one who gives you life. Your spiritual enemy hates your guts, by the way. Do you know his mission? To kill, steal, and destroy you, your family, your kids, your marriage, your finances, your home, and everything you touch. So if he can keep you from the very house that encourages your faith, the very place where you come together in unity, and the Bible says that when you're planted in the house of the Lord, that there you will flourish in every area of your life, he doesn't want you to flourish. He wants you distracted. For some of you, it's hard to zone in on a 35-minute message. You got, you're thinking about what's happening after, and you're thinking about where we're going to go, and you're thinking about that person that you've seen at church. I ain't seen her in about five months. Sinner. Be careful who you call sinner. Be careful who you judge. The people that I see judging the people the most are the ones who fall the hardest. That wasn't in the notes, but that's free for somebody. Maybe it's somebody watching online. Hmm? So let's look at this message, um, or let's set up this message by looking at Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. We're going to see a very encouraging story um, that shows the love of Jesus and his encouragement to stay focused on what matters most. And um, to give you a little context, the story is about two sisters, Mary and Martha, two sisters, and they were hosting a dinner party for Jesus. Jesus was coming to their house for dinner. Let's pick up the reading, Luke 10, 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened up her home to him. She had a sister 
called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted. She was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Martha, let, let, let's just put ourselves in this text for a moment. Like, let's go back to the Bible days and, and understand this text because if, if Jesus was coming to their house, how many of you think that's a pretty big deal? Like, like Jesus is coming, it's a party for Jesus, and he's in town. Um, furthermore, it's not like Jesus texts Martha, like, yo, I'm on my way to your crib, have the filet mignon and my favorite apple pie, and by the way, you know I like my iced tea sweet. It's not like he was on Facebook Messenger and said, yo, I'm rolling through. So we have to understand that this was probably a last-minute engagement, that as Jesus was traveling, and even his 12 disciples really didn't know where he was going at any given minute because he was led by the Spirit. So he was traveling, and he comes to the town of Bethany, which is about two miles from Jerusalem. And he comes to this house, and they begin to throw a dinner party. But, but really, can you blame Martha for being distracted? Because it was Jesus coming. And so she wanted to make sure, like, the decor was set. His favorite meal came out good. Come on, she didn't burn the apple pie. She had vanilla bean ice cream to put on the apple pie. Why are we talking about food again, church? She wanted to make sure the house was clean and like, you know, you know, like we do when someone's coming over, like just throw everything in that closet and shut it. Yeah, you do that too. Yeah. And, and, and so, so can, can we really blame her? Can we really blame Martha? Let's, let's continue reading. Then Martha, she, she came and she asked him, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself. Tell her to help me. Whoa, Martha, settle down. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only, what? One. Mary, she has chosen what is better. Somebody say better. And it will not be taken away from her. I love how Jesus, like only Jesus can do, loves Martha in a very powerful way right here. First of all, uh, she bold to tell Jesus what to do. The party for Jesus. Okay? Uh, I would advise you don't tell Jesus what to do. And so... But Martha does, and the Lord answers her by t calling her name twice as to say, I'm making a point here. Please listen. Whenever you see God say Abraham, Abraham, Isaac, Isaac, we see it throughout Scripture. God's really trying to get a main point across, and he's trying to get your attention to listen to what he's saying. Martha, Martha. Now, Martha wasn't doing something bad, right? She was focused on all the details. And so I, I want to pause right here and say this. Thank God for all the Marthas in our life. The people who are detail-oriented, the people who clean the house, the people who cook the meals, the people who pit, pay the bills, the people who wash the clothes, the people who make sure we have matching socks at least three days out of the week. Those people, 
right? We need Marthas. Some of you are a Martha in here, right? And that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. We thank God for the Marthas. But Mary is called out by her sister Martha saying, you never help prepare. You've never helped prepare. And by the way, I'm, I'm adding to the text here, just my thoughts. By the way, Mary, every time you show up for a dinner party, you show up empty-handed with no dish. You don't even go to the Kroger or the Meyer to pick up something pre-made. All you show up with is your doggy bag to take home leftovers. Every family has one of those. It could be you. Martha, Martha, Jesus said, you're worried. You're worried. You're you're distracted. You're upset by many things. But Jesus said, there's just one thing. And Mary has chosen what what is best. What is best. But isn't it so easy for us to get distracted? Isn't it? I mean, we got schedules to keep. And we got kids to rush to practices. And we got lunches to figure out. And we got bills that keep showing up every month. We're worried like Martha. We got relationships that aren't healthy, so we're upset, like Martha. We got houses to clean. We got laundry that keeps coming. We got pictures to post and hearts and comments to give. We got decisions to make, and we got people telling us how to make those decisions. We got emotions that drive us, and we got feelings that lie to us. Martha, Martha. So Martha, she, she, she wasn't doing something bad or wrong. She just wasn't doing what was best. Someone say best. And so often, the most difficult choices aren't between good and bad, but between good and best. So often in our life, the difficult choices aren't between something good or bad, but between good and best. And if your, enemy can get you, if your enemy can't get you to go bad in life, he'll distract you from using your life to its fullest potential so you're not making the best eternal difference that you can while here on earth. He'll distract you. If he can't get you to go back to your old lifestyle and go bad, he'll distract you from living the life for Christ. And, and you may be doing some good things for Christ, but God has better things for you in this new year. He wants you to live out the best, abundant, fruitful life that he has called you to. So what do we do? Well, with God's help and his word, we're going to look at how we can choose what's best in our life and how we can let go of some distractions. I got three thoughts for you today. Number one is we need to learn to diminish the distractions. Someone say diminish the distractions. Paul is encouraging the church and he says this in first Corinthians. He says, I'm saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you, but I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. I love that. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best. What what is Paul saying? Don't accept average. You're not called to be average. As a follower of Christ, you are not 
called to live an average life. God didn't call you to live that. He called you to live an extraordinary, abundant life where you're living faith-filled and striving to give God your best, not your leftovers. How many times do we come into a worship experience like this and we just give God our leftovers? We're sitting here like this. Everybody else is screaming, Jesus in the streets, Jesus over my family. And we're like, I'm tired. I got distracted. I stayed up till three. I'm tired. I watched that movie. I'm tired. This week, oh my gosh, my schedule. Oh my gosh. You control your schedule. Hello, nobody else does. You're distracted. You're distracted. And because you're distracted, watch this. You don't give God what is due to his name. Oh, oh, watch this, watch this. He said, if you don't praise him, I'll cause the rocks to cry out. You see, something happens when we come into a moment of praise and worship, when hands are lifted, when we clap, when we sing those songs. And you know what? There's times I'm sitting on this front row, I don't feel like doing it. I've had a rough week and I got this on my mind and all these distractions come at me too. But I begin to lift my hands for one reason, to worship him. Because he's due of the glory. Because he's been better to me than I've been to myself. And I can never repay the faithfulness of our God. And when I look in the Bible, there's two reasons for lifted hands. It's a, it's a sign of surrender and it's a sign of victory. So every time I lift my hands, I'm declaring, God, I can't do it. I can't figure it out. I am a sinner. I need your grace to tackle this situation. I need your mercy. I have my hands lifted up because my heart and my mind are surrendered to you. I have my hands lifted up because I got some circumstances and some situations that need to turn around. So I am declaring by faith the victory in advance over those situations. So so this is what happens when you come in and you're not distracted looking at everybody else worship. Looking at them and prejudging them. I know what they did last week. I can't believe they're worshiping like that. Well, if we put everything you did on the jumbotron, you'd be hiding under the seat. Huh? And we're distracted, and we're distracted watching people. I, sit on, I stand on this front row. 95% of the time, my eyes are closed for one reason. If they're open, I get distracted. You say, how do you get distracted? Oh, there's a lot of things I can get distracted with, right? And so, so that, that's not in the notes, but that's just for somebody today. That's just for somebody that's for somebody. All of us right now know the areas of our life where we're distracted. We know those areas. Let me ask the question, are those distractions helping or hurting you in serving the Lord? Are they helping you or hurting you in serving the Lord? I, I, I want to break some news for somebody, some of you. <laughs> I'm not trying to be mean, but you're sitting beside your distraction. It's true. Don't point. Just look right at me. I know I know the heat's coming over your head right now. I know. Some of you are in a relationship and the the distraction is that relationship. Cracks me up. People get in a relationship, ain't been in a relationship for years or whatever. 
on fire for God, then the relationship comes. What happened? Someone poured water on your fire. Oh, don't blame the church. <laughs> it's funny how much people blame the church and the pastor and the staff and church leaders for their own lukewarmness. It, it's a trip. You should see the things that we get in the email and conversations. No, no, you got to look in the mirror. You're distracted from a relationship that is not drawing you closer to the Lord, but is pulling you away. So here's the litmus test. If you're in a relationship, honestly answer this question. Is the relationship that I am in, and I don't know why I'm going there. I'm off notes right now with seven minutes left. Is the relationship that you're in right now, is it drawing you closer in your relationship with the Lord or is it pulling you further away? Is it pulling you further away to the point where you used to be close to the Lord but this relationship now has you distracted. This relationship now has you distracted in your beliefs. Now you're not sure if God is real. Now you're not sure if all this church stuff, it really works. Now you're not sure. I don't know if I should keep tithing because just the church wants my money. Now you're not sure. Oh, I'm speaking to somebody. Actually, the Holy Spirit is speaking to somebody. Okay? Okay. If you want the full message today at 1130, you have to get the podcast now. I'm just letting you know. But one of the most common distractions we all have is this right here. This has been around for two decades, and some of you can remember what it was like before this. Others cannot. Because you were born with this in your hand or an iPad. And we did a total disservice to our kids by putting this in front of them. I'm not saying this is bad. There's good with this. But I'm saying it's not always the best. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm? Some of you can't go longer than five minutes without checking this. Five minutes. Look, listen to this stat. The average person actually cannot go 10 minutes without checking their phone. 10 minutes, the stats say, without checking this, without checking this. And we wonder why we're not as productive as we'd like to be. We wonder why our relationships aren't as intimate as we know they could be. We wonder why we're not as close to God as we want to be. We are a distracted people. Can anything meaningful happen when we're interrupted every 10 minutes? Hmm? There's another stat. The average person in here spends two hours a day on social media. Two hours of your life. And most of you don't know it unless you get the little up weekly update like some of you did this morning. When I used to get this, it used to depress me every Sunday coming to preach to you because I would see how much wasted time I spent. And now I got the update this morning and I was like, wow, 15 minutes a day on this total because I'm fasting, right? So I eliminated, come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? I'd eliminated the distractions and now I'm spending less time on this right? Watch this. If you're a teenager between the ages of 13 and 18, by the time you live out your life, you will have spent seven years of your life tapping, scrolling, tapping, scrolling, tapping, scrolling. Seven years, y'all, of your life tapping, scrolling, feeling left out, feeling lonely, feeling less than, wondering why don't they like me? Why don't they ever comment on my picture? I always heart theirs and put a comment. Why, why can't I live that life? Why, why can't I go on that vacation? Why can't I live in that house? Why don't my parents give me that? 
like their parents do. And we have a generation. Adults, you're not exempt from this. We have people who are so caught up in trying to live a lifestyle God never called them to live to try to impress people that they don't know, that would never like them, that would never comment on their picture, that would never show up if you were in need in your life, that would never be there in your time of need. But we're, we're, we're distracted. We're just, Martha, Martha, you're worried about so many things, but there's something better. God has something better for your life, church. He has something better, and I love... I love what Solomon says, because here's what I do. What I want to do is treat uh, whatever could distract me the same as I treat temptation to sin. So, so you know the areas that you're tempted in for sin, right? Oh, you're not tempted like me? Okay. I know the areas that I'm tempted in. And so I try, try to eliminate those temptations so I don't fall into that. Are you with me? We need to do the same with distractions. And, and here's an example. I love what Solomon says about the immoral woman. He takes about a half a chapter, Proverbs 5.8. He says, stay away from her. Don't go near the door of her house. Eliminate it. Someone say eliminate it. Notice he doesn't say invite her in for a drink. Notice he doesn't say get in the back of your car and play truth or dare. He says, hey, don't even go by the door. There's a scripture in the Bible that says, sin lieth at the door. Just waiting for you to go by the door and open it. Huh? Don't even go. Don't even get close to what can ultimately destroy you, Solomon is saying. If you know it can destroy you, if you know it's a distraction, why wait to the future to get distracted when you can eliminate it in the now? I'm preaching to somebody today. I love this quote. Be careful because sometimes distractions can come into your life dressed as love and attention when it's in fact a distraction. So we can distance ourselves from things that can distract us, diminish distractions. Number two, we need to learn to focus on the important. Focus on the important. If you want to be successful in life, you got to do what matters. You got to prioritize what matters in your life. You have to say no to some good things so you can say yes to the best things that God has for your life. And I love, once again, what Solomon says. Look at this. Set your gaze on the path before you with fixed purpose, looking straight ahead. Ignore life's distractions. Watch where you're going. Stick to the path of what? Truth. And the road will be safe and smooth before you. Solomon says, have a fixed purpose. Look ahead. And then you'll be able to ignore life's distractions. Uh, Reminds me of a story in the Bible when Peter stepped out of the boat, began to walk on the water towards Jesus. You remember that? He walked on that water and the Bible says that his eyes were fixed on Jesus. And as long as his eyes were fixed on Jesus, he could walk on the water. But the moment he looked to the right, to the left, at the waves and the wind, the moment he got distracted, he began to sink. And I heard the Holy Spirit say this yesterday. Some of you, your life is marked by always sinking because you're always distracted. And I heard the Lord say, Make this year different in 2023. Let go of the distractions. For some of you, it's your friend group. If four out of your five friends are foolish, 
you need to eliminate the four. Teenagers, are you hearing me? If, if, they're, if they're pulling on you to do things you know aren't right, eliminate the distraction. For some adults, that's all it is. It's as easy as that for you, your friend group. It's as easy as that. Because who you hang out with is who you become. Always. Paul talked about it. Bad company corrupts good morals, good manners. It, it always happens. Some of you, it's your friends. Some of you, it is. It's, it's, it's you got a thousand apps on here that give you a notification every half a second. And it's this. It's always going off. It never stops. For some of you, it's, it's your job. It's your emails. You clock out at work, but you really don't clock out at home. You're still working. And you're distracted. You're distracted. What's important? What's important? You're distracted by the things of this world. For some of you, it's social media. It's Netflix. It's what you watch. You're distracted. You're distracted. What's important? What should be at the top of your priority list? God first. Matthew 6, God first. I'm going to live that God first life. That, that God's not just going to be on my list somewhere, but he's going to be number one. When you gave your life to Christ, you surrendered your life to him. I don't know what happened in between, but a whole lot of Christians forgot this is a life of surrender. It's not about you. I'm preaching way better than you're letting on. I'm negative one minute and three seconds. God first. God first. My spouse second. My marriage is number two. Then my kids and then others. And for some of you, the order is out and you're distracted because for some of you, your kids are before your spouse and it's not the order in the Bible. It's just not. God designed it. God created you. He created marriage to be a good thing and you got the order messed up and you're distracted, distracted. For some of you, it's so many things. It could be a job, a hobby. Some of you are distracted with yourself because when you look in the mirror, life, everything you do in life is all about you. I'm sorry, I came to preach today. And I'm gonna say this, some of you, you're distracted every single time small groups come up. You're called to lead one and you get distracted with things in your life. You're called to use your story for his glory. You're called to use your testimony to help another lady who's been through a loss of a baby, a loss of a child like you. You're called to help somebody else. And every time you hear the call for small group leader training, something comes up and distracts you. You know it. Some of you know it. But today, this year is gonna be the first year you're gonna step out. You're going to say, God, if you can use anybody, let it be me. I'm tired of being distracted. I'm tired of being distracted. So we're choosing what is better, church. We're going to diminish the distractions. Number two, we're going to focus on what's, on what's important. Number three, we're going to listen to the voice of God. Listen to the voice of God. Isaiah 30, 21, we close with this. And your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. When you turn to the right and when you turn to the left, the Spirit of God is that voice, friends. And as you eliminate distractions, some of you have heard it. 
clearer in these last seven days than you have in a long time. As you eliminate the distractions, that's the power of prayer and fasting. We're eliminating those distractions of the body and the soul. And now you're hearing that voice. You're hearing that voice and not just for 21 days. For some of you, this is a new beginning. Your spiritual life is taking off like a rocket because you're going to be led by the still small voice of the Holy Spirit from this day forward. And he's going to say things like, don't go there. Don't touch that. Don't hang with them. Change your attitude. Forgive them like I have forgiven you. You're going to hear that constantly every day. He's going to lead you. He's going to guide you. He's going to tell you things. Hey, go a different direction home. And later you're going to find out why. I'm telling you, I believe by the hand of God, I have avoided accidents because of the spirit of God. You can say what you want about me, but I hear it every day. Every morning I get up, I say, good morning, Holy Spirit. Because he is a person. We're going to talk about it. We've got a series coming up on the Holy Spirit. So many Christians are confused on what he is. He is a person. He's a third person in the Trinity. I can't wait to teach it. I'm out of time. I'm, I'm not out of word. I'm not out of notes, but I'm out of time. Last thing I'll say, don't let the noise of this world distract you from the voice of your God. Don't let the noise, there's a lot of noise out here, isn't there? I said, there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of people trying to distract you. Your spiritual enemy is using people and coworkers and friends to distract you. There's a spirit world out there that we cannot see with the natural eyes, but we can see it with the spiritual eyes. And there are demonic strongholds and there is demons that try to distract us and get us off track. Just as this, everything you can see right now, there is a spiritual world, friends, that is fully alive and is fully evil on one end and fully godly on the other. You need to know it's real and you need to know he's out to distract you this year. But I believe I'm talking to a group of people watching online and in this building that are saying, let it go, let it go. Can't hold me back, any. Bow your heads with me. Close your eyes. Lord, we thank you for your word, even my bad singing. Lord, we thank you that you're touching your people today. Lord, you're speaking right now, Holy Spirit, to people who have been distracted, watching online, people in this room that you know you have to eliminate some distractions in your life this year so you can draw closer to God to live that God first life. Holy Spirit, speak to us. What are you saying to us through this message? We thank you. You guide us, you lead us, you're gentle. We thank you, you correct us and direct us. And while your eyes are closed, heads are bowed, I wanna invite somebody to know Jesus today. If you're far from God, you know it. You know you haven't been living the best life for Jesus. Today, you're ready to surrender. Maybe you're a Christian and you got off track for whatever reason, it doesn't matter. What matters today is you acknowledge your need for the Savior. You commit your life to him, you surrender your life and will to him and say, God, I can't do it on my own. I need you. I need you. He comes in and your spiritual journey starts right there. It'd be our honor to pray with you watching online as well. If you're here today and you say, Jacob, that's me. Before we pray, just lift up your hand. We're not going to embarrass you, call you up front or anything like that. Just lift up your hand all over the auditorium. Awesome. Thank you for the hands. Thank you. They're shooting up. Yeah. You're far from God. Thank you. You need Jesus. 
let me, let me take a step further. If you can't answer this question, I want you to raise your hand. If you were to die today, do you know where eternity is for you? When you face your maker, do you know what it is? Are you secure in that? If not, raise your hand. I wanna make sure you're secure in that today. Thank you. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. Awesome. Thank you. A few more hands. Yeah, I see those hands in the back. Thank you, guys. I want to make sure you're right with God before you leave this place. Tomorrow's not promised. Let's all say this prayer with them. Say, Jesus, today I surrender my life to you. I believe that you are the Son of God, and I believe that you died for my sins. Forgive me of my sins and help me every day to live this life for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody put your hands together. Come on. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with others. You could take a screenshot, post it on your social media, and tag us. If you ever have the opportunity, we'd love for you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings. For more information on our locations and service times, please visit us at thefuelchurch.com. We hope this message inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey. See you next week.